Welcome to the Sex, Money, and Real Estate Podcast, the show for real estate couples about how to close more deals in the bedroom. My name is Nancy Jamison. And I'm Bill Jamison. And each week we deep dive into juicy, intentional, sexy conversations, sharing with you what it takes to create balance in your intimate relationships and your real estate business. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. And hello to the Jam Fam. Yes. What's happening? Oh, lots of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Always. We have so many things brewing and all of our businesses are uh, rolling around, (laughs) rolling forward. I mean, it's just, it's really fascinating. All of the amazing creation that we are uh, in process of doing. So Many irons in that beautiful, warm, comforting Mm -hmm. fire. Yes. So thank you for asking. (laughs) Yes, yes. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I feel the same that, uh, you know, life is is great. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just really happy to be here and recording again with you. Mm -hmm. You Awesome. It's been an extraordinary week. You know what I was thinking about? Tell me. I was thinking about uh, this whole, you know, thing that uh, everybody's been through over the last few months, and and the the, the shut in thing, and and um, I appreciate how you, how well you and I mm-hmm. have prospered being shut in with each other over the last three four months. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a lot of couples out there that you know would not have prospered. Their relationships might have gone apart as opposed to how I feel that we've actually grown together over mm-hmm. the last three or four months. So I just want to say thank you. And I love you. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. For sure. Yeah. I feel the same. I definitely feel the same. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Beautiful. Cool. Well, before we get started, can I just make this housekeeping announcement? Because I, I definitely want to share. You never have to ask permission. With uh, my queen. <laughs> thank you. I want to share our uh, private Facebook group. Okay, cool. So we have a private Facebook group. Uh, it's called Sex, Money, and Real Estate, of course, after the podcast. And so it's just this amazing space where it's the community that supports sex, money, and real estate goes deeper into the conversations around all things sex, money, and real estate. So we have tips and tools and resources, again, that go definitely deeper into for sure, creating million dollar, billion dollar businesses and relationships and, uh, you know, go into around the money conversation and connect you with valuable resources that that really just transform your life. So that's what I love about that. Yeah, it's, got, Whether it's, you're, got, it's got the money, the money conversation, the the sex and relationship conversation. And of course, the real estate conversation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All intertwined. Mm-hmm. Yep. As always. Yep. So it's for couples and for singles. So if you're single, it's definitely all about preparing you for the relationship. In other words, building your personal foundation so that you have this extraordinary relationship that everybody I talk to really dreams of having. Mm -hmm. And then if you are a couple, it's creating that intimate, juicy, sexy, connected relationship that you've always desired. If you're there, then it's cranking it up a notch or going a level deeper mm-hmm. or three levels deeper and what Bill and I call level up, L-O-V-E dash up, leveling up. Leveling so, up, yes, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, so it, it's neat. So check it out, Sex Money Real Estate. It's a private Facebook group. Uh, you have direct access to us and there's all kinds of things that we have planned uh, and, for the very near future. And here's the deal. The, uh, the, the Facebook group is free for now. 
Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's going to be free forever. Mm-mm. No. Because the material is going to get, you know, bigger, deeper, juicier. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Absolutely. Lots awesome. Of, lots of learning opportunities. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. Yes. Well, awesome. what is uh, what is your magic today? My, my magic, my, my, boyfriend. my ability to influence self, others, and life in an empowering way, my magic. Yeah. I got a couple pieces of magic today. I uh, want to just uh, throw a shout out to uh, my buddies, Anthony and Matthew, for uh, a great one-to-one this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple of like-minded guys that uh, I do life with. And we just, you know, we hadn't actually just hung out in a while. And it was great to to do just that, you know, some, some loose conversation and uh, catching up. And it was great because, you know, Matthew is a father, I'm a father, and uh, Anthony is a father-to-be. Mm, so to, uh, yes, to be able to get in those conversations baby. a little bit, because, uh, you know, my experience is that not a lot of dads hang out with other dads to have conversations before they have the baby. Mm. You know, so to, you know, just to, just, just to have a conversation and talk about some expectations and, and, um, and, uh, you know, start priming, uh, priming the, the priming them up for him up for not necessarily what to expect, but just, just the, like the mindset and kind of that kind of thing. And, um, some things that he's probably haven't thought of or hasn't talked about yet. So it was cool. Mm-hmm. It was great. You know, from not only just from having the baby, but from, you know, the, the emotional support for himself and the self care and, you know, being able to take care of, uh, Erica and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it was cool. It was a really great conversation. It was a couple hours that flew by and felt what felt like a couple of minutes. And, uh, I enjoyed a smoothie at the same time. Mm-hmm. It was great. Well, something that's really unique and awesome and amazing about Matthew is that him and his wife, Sarah are essentially, I'm for lack of a better term are birthing coaches. Right, right. And so they have their own podcast. It's called doing it at home podcast and it's all around home birth. Mm-hmm. And so they had Maya at home and then you and I had the amazing experience of being there when Maya, you know, being on the birthing team when Maya was born and being on Sarah and Matthew's birthing team. And so there, here comes Maya and all of her glory and uh, so it's really great to have that conversation with Anthony because Matthew and Sarah are in that conversation all the time. Mm-hmm. Here's what happens at home birth. Here's what happens at hospital births. Here's what happens at birthing center births. Here's what happens, you know, with doulas and all of that kind of stuff. And so, you know, again, on the heels or on the eaves of uh, Father's Day, just a right. really extraordinary experience for Anthony to have. And what resources? I mean, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it was cool. It was cool to, you know, open up those conversations and then uh, I can see where there's going to be a ripple effect where they're going to have more conversations. Anthony and Erica will have more conversations mm-hmm. with Matthew and Sarah, you know, just because now, you know, we've, we've cracked the door a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it was cool. It was mm-hmm. really great. That is very cool. So, and then uh, from a self-care, self-love uh, standpoint and loving on my family at the same time, uh, I went, uh, my other magic is that I, I went fishing the other day. <laughs> That's so awesome. we found uh, kind of this little fishing hole not too far from the house, and uh, we caught some catfish. Mm. So 
it was Rex they were delicious. Lucas. Oh, it was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Rex Lucas and I, and then we had uh, their great friend and what we consider a family member, uh, Tristan, with mm-hmm. us. And it was his second time fishing. I know he had a good time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really great. And then being able to bring that fish home and, uh, you know, have it filleted up. And, and I haven't had fresh fish like that mm-hmm. in a long time. Yeah, it was it delicious. Was, it really was really, you made it really good. Really good. Really good. I am well taken care of, ladies. Let me just <laughs> let me just say that I am cool. well served. Heard, <laughs> heard. So yeah, that's my magic, baby. Awesome. Well, that's great. How about you? You got some magic today? Yeah. So my magic is all around production. Uh, real estate is definitely uh, picked up, and we're experiencing a lot of just a lot of really cool things come to fruition. So we listed two properties yesterday alone, mm-hmm. and then we have uh, a, another one coming online and we listed one last week. So it's definitely, there's, this is more like normal. <laughs> yeah. And a, another buyer came online. As right. Well. Right. Today uh, actually. Yeah. So yeah. like it's more, this is more, I mean, it's a little slower, but it is, again, it's more uh, approaching that, that normal space. So we definitely appreciate that a whole lot. And so this weekend is going to be our first live open house since this whole COVID thing began. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm super excited about it. We deployed a, a, a marketing strategy that um, that we're excited about and is definitely yielding a lot of phone calls. And I don't know, I'm sensing multiple offers just mm-hmm. by the sheer volume of texts and phone calls. That I've already received. I mean, the thing's not even been on the market for 24 hours. So yeah, it's fantastic. It's uh, yeah, it'll it'll be great. It'll be very exciting. And you know, I love doing open houses with you because we always pick up a minimum of two buyers. Yep, every always. time. So it's great. It's great. So yes, that is definitely my magic. Cool. Sure. Great magic. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And you know, just. Be sure to stick around, everybody, to the end because we definitely have some action steps that as we go through this process that we're about to go through, uh, we just we want to make sure that you have the ability to implement them. I mean, they're immediate implementable action, just about all about cultivating, empowering relationships with your parents, partners, and clients because the title of this podcast, as you know, is How Having an Asshole for a Father Taught Me Valuable Life Skills. Yes. That's uh, that's me. <laughs> <clears throat> that's so it's me. uh it yeah, we just really wanted to talk very candidly about that because in our experience there are definitely a lot of men that uh, have not so powerful relationships with their father, and again, you know, on the heels of or eaves of uh, Father's Day, uh, not every story is rainbows and unicorns, you know. So, shall we begin? Sure. What you got for me? I know you, uh, I think you jotted down a few things. I did. Yeah, I wanted to have a a couple of talking points and really just really flow with you on this. Okay. Uh, I know my experience of you is that you have done a lot of work around unraveling and unearthing, um, you know, your dad, your relationship with you and your dad. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I appreciate that. It's definitely reflective in our life now. Mm. And at the same time, I would like to start with some context or backstory around the relationship with you and your dad. So if you want to start there and then I can sure. pepper in some that's, questions. Oh, that's interesting. So where would I start with that relationship? Well, um, what's his name? Oh, his name is also yeah. 
Bill. (laughs) (laughs) He is uh, William C. Jameson, and I am William H. Jameson. So he was named after his father, and I was named after him and my grandfather, Mm -hmm. who was also a William. So anyway, uh, William Cecil Jameson, William Harold Jameson, some Mm -hmm. old school names for sure. And um, yeah, so my Dad, I'm just, you know, I'm just right to it. I just, I just, what I remember about my relationship with my father is that it was, it was always up and down. There was a lot of up and down with it, with that. And a lot of, um, I'm just, you know, conditional love. There was a lot of conditional love. You know, if you were doing great, he loved you. And if you weren't doing great, it never felt like he loved you quite as much as, you know, on the other side of things. Mm. So everything felt really conditional for me. And, you know, there was uh, there was some other sprinklings of things in there. There was some verbal abuse and there was other abuse in the house. So, you know, all that ener- all that energy was really, was very heavy. You know, it was heavy. It was heavy on me. It was definitely heavy on my sister and my mom. Um, and, uh, and none of us had any of the tools to, to really handle any of that. So, you know, what it looked like was that, uh, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of ambition. I was overweight and, um, you know, never felt really truly, uh, in the center of myself, which, which played out with my relationships with not only my parents, but played out with, uh, my friends and, and how I fit into school for years and years and how I fit into, how I fit in with, anybody really um yeah so there was that you know the 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 verbal abuse was uh was interesting and i just i never knew any different so um that experience was i mean it is it is what it is and i know I've, and you know with hindsight uh, I realized that it was not uh, it was not advantageous for me to to have that those you know the words used that way with me or against me and um, again just felt like so much force around the house you know he was he was a very forceful guy and I know that you know his upbringing that you know he was doing the best that he could uh, in the way he, that he was brought up. Cause I believe, I don't know for sure, but I believe there was some kind of physical abuse in his background as well. Uh, so, so maybe for the, and if that is true, then it is amazing that, you know, he didn't beat on my ass, you know, more than he did. Mm. Um, but yet, you know, he found other ways to, to beat on me. So it was, you know, maybe there was some healing there. I don't know where, you know, he let it out through his words and his anger and, always being angry mm. uh, as opposed to, you know, his father, or his grandfather, whoever it was that used to really, really come down on him and his brothers. Mm. So, you know, and so, you know, as I, as I, you know, came, came into, you know, had that coming of age, um, you know, there was, there was some rebellion, you know, I mean, there was uh, definitely a lot of drinking at a, at a younger age and, um, you know, there's some things that I had in common with my father that uh, we enjoyed together. So I'm not going to say it was all all anger and all force. There were there were some commonalities. They didn't go deep, you know, mind you. I mean, I'm talking, you know, our, our, our common stuff was like food and cooking and cars and motorcycles and, you know, some really cool but superficial stuff. You know, it's not like we were ever talking about, you know, personal development or you know, how to better yourself or do, I mean, no, there was none of that kind of stuff. It was, uh, it was always cars and motorcycles and, and food. And, um, so as that, that coming of age was coming on, you know, there was that rebellion and I realize it now that it was rebellion, you know, just 
almost looking to get caught, although I didn't really get caught very much. So <laughs> uh, that was, I guess that was a bonus. Um, where I, you know, I I hung out with my friends a lot. I didn't, I wasn't at the house. I came home to sleep and that was about it. Hmm. Um, I didn't get a lot of support with uh, school or college or anything like that. And uh, so I know I, I ended up finishing college and all that was pretty much uh, almost, almost 100% paid for by me. And uh, it's just interesting, you know, just so many lessons that I think about. I'm so grateful to have now because, I mean, we never talked about finances. We never talked about school. Mm. Um, you know, I'll never forget, you know, going to ask him. He was uh, one of the ways that he was uh, he stayed. Um, one of the ways he earned a living when in the 70s was for him to become a high school teacher. And he was a Spanish high school teacher. And I thought, cool. I'm going to go take Spanish in high school and then I'll have something else in common with my father. And then Mm -hmm. I didn't, I was terrible at Spanish or I felt terrible at Spanish. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to ask him for help for, for Spanish. I mean, he was like, you know, I mean, for God's sakes, he was a Spanish teacher. Right. (laughs) And I, I just, I couldn't get it. I could not get that out of him. And so Mm -hmm. consequently, um, I know poquito Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, and that's kind of how it went. You know, I mean, he he had some restaurants that he opened. He had some small restaurants and I worked in those. And, you know, I had some talent around that. So, you know, we had that in common as well. Uh, but there, you know, there came a time where I was like, you know what? It's time to go. And I, you know, right between my sophomore and junior year, I was like, uh, I'm going to take some time off from school. Of college. Yeah, college. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm going to go hang out with my friends for a while. You know, from Chicago, we went down to Florida and hung out. And it was for one year. And we came back, but that year, I mean, that was like the great divide. Mm. You know, that was the great divide, you know, and he literally, and this is back in the time when, you know, there weren't cell phones and stuff, but there were phone cards. So Mm -hmm. you could still call from anywhere using a phone card. And uh, I, you know, I had their phone card, but yet on that trip down to Florida, uh, that phone card was cut off. And I remember thinking, okay, that's it. They, uh, they or he does not want to uh, communicate on mm-hmm. any level right now. So, and I get it, you know, he felt, you know, betrayed and took it personally that uh, I was ready to do something on my own. So I get it now, but at the time I took it very personally. I was like, what the fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. What is, uh, what's going on that you don't you don't see that I can go do something on my own and we can still have a relationship, mm-hmm. you know? So that whole, that whole family-centered you know, we got to, we got to stick together and, you know, I'm going to hand the business down to you and you're going to hand the business down to your sons and all that kind of stuff was, uh, I don't know. It was a, it was, it was an interesting way of thinking and then, you know, great for some people and that's not, you know, and really with his help and my mom's help, not the path that I was on. Mm. So, uh, so, you know, it never really healed. The relationship never healed. We gave it a, we gave it a couple of goes. I did come back after one year, our lease ran out in Florida and I, I came back and finished college and, um, uh, and continued to live in Chicago and live in the area not, you know, about an hour away from where my parents' house was. And, you know, there were some holidays and stuff like that, but it was just, it was just never the same. And I felt like, you know, for whatever reason he was getting angrier and, uh, and more forceful over time. And, and, um, so we just never, we never linked, we never linked up again, you know, like, uh, there was just no synergy there. You know, there's a, there was definitely no, to me, it didn't feel like there was too much spiritually for us to connect on. And, you know, I'm using all these words and these phrases right now. And, and you know, mind you that I had, you know, I'm, I'm clueless, right? 
I'm clueless. So I don't know what I'm really experiencing at that moment. It just feels like chaos this whole mm-hmm. time. And, um, yeah, so it feels like chaos. And I, and again, I don't have the tools and I don't have the wherewithal to figure out what the tools are. Cause I, I mean, I just don't know. I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I, and where I was at the time, I wasn't attracting anybody into my life that could assist me with that either. So I hung out with it for a long time. Mm. So that's my background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any questions? No, I was just thinking how many times I met him. Uh, I don't know, I, once I or twice? I think it's maybe, I think it's three. Three times? Yeah. Okay. I think it's three. Cool. It may have been twice. What was your impression? I feel like it was three though. Uh, disconnected. From himself. From self, for sure. Mm-hmm. Just in pure like like it's almost like a self-loathing kind mm-hmm. of situation v- very surface uninterested in engaging mhm i mean just really he, i mean he could have been a stranger you know like he he just could have been right somebody wherever like it was just and it and it just happened to be your dad right your father Mm -hmm. you know so uh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's a great recap (laughs) i mean it really didn't go much much beyond that i mean you one of the times was heather's wedding one of the times because he didn't come to our wedding because i think he was getting surgery at that point yeah he had uh he had manifested some kind of cancer at that point yeah something that he was getting surgery on mm-hmm. and then um he met rex the only reason he met rex was because we took him to meet your grandma my, my mary grandmother yeah, yeah and yeah, he happened Jameson. to be there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think that may have been it that was probably the last time huh and then and he took off that day he he wasn't mm-hmm. you know curious to hang out or anything yeah no he really didn't know what to do no with he was out the door mm-hmm yeah and so Rex's name is William. Yes. Rex, you know, so, and obviously we call him Rex. So, I mean, he was definitely named after you. So there was for sure like a lineage. Mm-hmm. It's, it is, it's fascinating to reflect on that. Yep. So, so yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, we were, we wanted to do something for Father's Day and then, then this whole thing came up and then the concept of him being an asshole came up. So I wanted to ask you if you actually consider him to be an asshole. That is a great question. And I don't, you know, and if you had asked me a few years ago, I totally would have been like, my dad was a fucking asshole, Mm. you know, and I would have been, you know, and I still, you know, I still jokingly refer that way. And probably that joke is a little bit of a deflection, but Mm. um, yeah, you know, I not, but not in the, I don't hold him in that light the way that I used to at all there's been i've done a lot of work um with the help of others um on some of that inner child stuff and that forgiveness for who i was and who i was being and and um still do you know and you know just putting in the reps with uh with you know playing for being the greatest version that i can be now uh you know part of that is you know holding a space for him and who he was and the part that he played in my life and leading up to who I am now. 
uh, for myself and for you and the boys and, and for really uh, this really neat circle of people that uh, that we hang out with, you mm-hmm. know, our friends and our family. And uh, it's, you know, I, I couldn't imagine it any other way, you know, because uh, it's, a, it's a story to share and uh, it's been uh, helpful to be that um, helpful to be that uh, it, you know, if <laughs> I joke that it is, uh, if, uh, if I get in a situation, I can just think about like the opposite of what my father would have done. And uh, it's like a little George Costanza thing <laughs> and, uh, you know, do the opposite and I'll be doing all right. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, and, you know, to answer your question, no, I don't. I just, I, you know, it's, it's that unconditional love that I now feel for him, for where he was and what he, he was doing, uh, fully accepting him for, you know, for his decisions and knowing that, you know, his uniqueness was his and it had nothing to do with me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you remember like a specific point in which that that changed for you? Like when did that conversation so change? I, it, it took a while. It took years and years. It really didn't change until like the last five or six or seven years. Um, you know, we sit in um, an accountability group. Uh, we've sat in several, and we call them here. Uh, they're in it, right now. They're in Atlanta. They're called COI, Circle of Influence. Um, you know, taken from the Seven Habits, Circle of Influence, Circle of Concern. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there was uh, there was we every week somebody gets uh, gets to get highlighted. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, a cir- it's a circle of seven people, and every every week somebody gets to get highlighted, and we call we call it epic challenge, you know. Where where can we basically uh, you know man up in a certain area or woman up in a mm-hmm. certain area? And so I started talking about, uh, gosh, what was I? T- I don't even know what I was talking about. I was, but I know that it led back to my father and some in, some inner child stuff that uh, helped me to reexamine really his role in my life, you know? So that was a big one. And, uh, that was, that's when I started really like going back and, you know, I, I call him Billy, you know, I was called Billy as a kid. Nobody, nobody really calls me Billy anymore. Um, the last person to really call me Billy was my grandmother on my mom's side, Mm -hmm. which was fine and great. But you know, that I grew out of that or never, or people never saw me as a Billy at some point. And, uh, but so I go back and I talk to Billy sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, when I feel like some of that stuff come up that I know is childhood stuff, whether, you know, I'm being, you know, I'm not being courageous or, um, rebellious. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe rebellious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's anger. Mm hmm. I mean, it can show up in all kinds of ways. I think anger is uh, is one, or not being present is another way for mm. me to um, to 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 think about how Billy was not present because I was always focused. I was always focused on you know how to do something coming up or something that was done to me in the past. I wasn't present as a kid mm. at all. So, yeah. Mm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Does that answer the question? Yeah, I, I feel like it did. I mean, we were you were sharing with us about how, like, if there were, we, we call it, you and I call them peg days, where it was like that that day that you remember that really kind of changed or modified the trajectory in which you were on. So it changed the conversation of dad is an asshole to dad is, huh, you know, maybe dad's doing the best he can to 
holy cow, I believe in consciousness creates and every choice has a consequence, those principles. And so if that's true, then I created this relationship and I chose my dad Mm -hmm. as my dad, which means that I have the ability to transcend the lessons of being a dad or this, you know, Mm -hmm. being in this victim conversation. So, yeah, you know, you know what also translated with that was, you know, I, I went from in my relationship with him and being, you know, kind of that awkward kid and, and maladjusted, I, I wanted, there was a point where I, I, I think I made a decision probably unconsciously where mm. I wanted to be liked by everybody. Mm. And so, you know, kind of the opposite of that. And so as I got out of my current environments, my, my hometown, my small hometown outside of, outside of Chicago and got downtown Chicago working in restaurants and stuff, you know, I was free to be me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and that wasn't necessarily the healthiest thing either. But yet, you know, I was still experiencing something different. Mm-hmm. I had, I had all the friends and 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 hung out and you know socialized and yeah. um, a lot. And uh, I think that's probably I would say that again. This is probably some unconscious type of stuff, but that's where um, a lot of that like savior complex stuff came in. Hmm. You know, because, you know, not only want to be liked and accepted by everybody, but hey, you know, Bill can, Bill can save the day mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I think that carried on, that carried on for a long time right into our marriage. Mm-hmm. Well, it served you. I mean, it mm-hmm. was, it was serving you, it was providing you that, that, you know, maybe that parental comfort or that validation or something that um, either, you know, you didn't get as a kid or from your parents or from wherever, mm-hmm. whatever peer group or whatever. So it did, it served you. Yeah. And then there was evolution out of it. Absolutely. And yeah. well, and yes, and being that, that, that more open energy mm-hmm. that I was experiencing, not, not only attracted just about anybody into my life, but it also attracted some, some powerful people mm-hmm. and some amazing people, including you, mm-hmm. yes. you know? So it, uh, it, that changed my trajectory as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. For sure. <laughs> yep. Okay. So that being said, when did you realize you wanted to be a father? Uh, it was after after we were together for a while. I needed to get grounded with you to to know that I wanted kids. Mm. You know, and you know, you and I when we first got together, we we didn't want kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and or yeah, I guess didn't want kids. We didn't see a future with kids. Yeah. Nope. So, um, you know, we were, we were together for, you know, like three years, just, you know, bopping around city to city, working in some restaurants and stuff. And we, uh, and then we were married and we were married for seven years before we had kids. And it was, it, I don't think we really, I don't think I decided that I wanted kids until, I mean, right before we had Rex, I think there was like a decision made that like, okay, maybe kids would be cool. Mm -hmm. Um, where maybe I had done enough work inner work and, and I, again this is not all as intentional as uh, it may sound right now because but it was just you know through being in some stable rela- in a stable relationship and having some other stable relationships like your parents mm-hmm. um you know mom your mom and and her husband and then your dad being a father figure for me mm-hmm. um and uh having those examples as well as a few others where i was like oh okay it's okay to be a dad <laughs> you'll be okay kind of thing so, yeah, that was, uh, so I would say that between the stability of our relationship and the stability of seeing what, you know, some other relationships could look mm-hmm. like with children that uh, I started to ease up a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. So, and it was never, you know, it was never any doubt. Like, you know, anybody knew me, it was like, you know, children and animals, they, they all love me. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it was, it wasn't necessarily that, but I think there was a, uh, you know, there was, I mean, it was, it was a capacity or a, um, a confidence. A maturity. Maturity. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Awesome. Okay. That's cool. Because it happened. I mean, when, once we decided, it was like, boop. Oh, yeah. We got pregnant like Immediately. in a day. Right. <laughs> so that was, uh, that's very cool. Very cool. So do you think your relationship with your dad has impacted you being a dad? Well, of course. There's no doubt about it. Okay. I mean. The floor is yours, babe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think it, being a dad has cooled me off a little bit. It also had gives me um, an opportunity to. Uh, revisit some of those uh, those Billy conversations, mm. and and to really look at you know what I'm saying or doing you know with those with those two rascals in the other room here, because uh, you know there's t- there's lots of times where uh, I know that I'm not fully healed when I can feel you know my temperature going up and my voice going up and uh, you know and uh, I'm I'm to a point now where when I feel that going on I I stop. I don't even look for that middle road right now because um, hmm. it's kind of on or off sometimes. So, you know, thank goodness that uh, you're here to help balance me out with that stuff. And uh, I leave it to you to do that. So I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's other times where I know that I have just such genius with him, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I'm fostering uh, a relationship, a lifelong relationship with them that is... Uh, unique for sure, mm-hmm. much more unique than the one that I have with my dad. Mm-hmm. So it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Again, doing the opposite, um, putting in all the all the all the work on myself and the work on us has just uh, you know. And I you know I know that they're getting conversations. There, I mean, if, even if we stopped having conversations right now <laughs> with those guys, they've still had thousands more yeah. impactful conversations than I ever had with my parents. Mm-hmm. You know, like they could take everything they have right now into adulthood and probably be um, more adjusted than, you know, most adults, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. yeah and, we st- and I still have so much more to give them. Mm-hmm. Yes. So absolutely it changed the uh, trajectory of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Much more caring, much more uh, unconditional, um, always accepting their uniqueness for who they are. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I know that they love spending time with me too. Mm-hmm. They sure do. I mean, you do all kinds of cool stuff with them. Teach them how to MacGyver the crap out of something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, that and fishing and camping and the cars and the trucks and, you know, is that a supercar, Dad? Yeah, that's a supercar. And then here's why it's a supercar. And I mean, it's just, it's really extraordinary. Yeah. Cooking. I mean, you know, ping pong. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, all that stuff is cool. And then, you know, the and then the conversations that we all have, you mm-hmm. know, and talking about, you know, some some causality and effect and, mm-hmm. and the trust uh, talks and the trust talks and the mm-hmm. sex talks. And I mean, we talk about, you know, stuff that most most kids don't get, you mm-hmm. know. So, uh, and I don't expect them to necessarily get it all, but I know that it's landing somewhere so mm-hmm. that they're not as surprised later on when this, when, you know, whatever the conversation, the sexual conversation that teenagers are having comes up that they're like, like what the, you know, mm-hmm. is this, or is this normal? 
you know, at least they have some context for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And they have an understanding and a belief, like they, they trust that they can come back and it, have the conversations with us wherever they are. Absolutely. And you, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you, you definitely lead that whole trust talk with, with the boys, yep, you know, that's so true. I think it's beautiful. Yes. Did anything come up for you when you realized we were having boys versus girls? Mm, not so much. There might have been a little bit of relief that there were boys because <laughs> there were boys. Well, that's the truth. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Me too, by the way. Cool. <laughs> Even though we would rock a girl. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, and where I was in that think. moment, where I was in that moment was, uh, you know, that was great. And mm-hmm. we had one, then we had two, and I was like, okay, rinse and repeat. Awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though it hasn't been rinse and repeat. But, oh my gosh, no. Um, but that, that was that was the you know the sequence of thoughts at that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but no, I don't, you know, I mean, if it was a daughter, you know, I think that it would have helped to continue to recontextualize my thinking about uh, about women and, and queens and them owning their power and, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing in a, in a different way. You know, mm-hmm. and that would have been cool too. Mm-hmm. You know, bring a, a rocking girl in this world that was, that is in her power and, <laughs> you know, knows exactly, you know, knows her mind and what she wants and, and really the, the, the most beautiful way to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they do too, the boys. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's very cool. It's very cool. So your dad has transitioned. Yeah, a few years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where are we, 2020? So I guess it's been three, three About years? three years, Three or yeah. four years? Yeah. Yeah. So anything, um, did you feel anything like when that happened? Was there any kind of, um, like any kind of conversation that came up? Like, oh, I wish I could have done this or I didn't get this or any kind of like feeling or you were just... No, I was, um, I was numb, a little bit numb when I heard the news that he was gone. And I think that was more of like just pure, pure attachment to Mm. having a a parental figure Mm. as opposed to like, you know, not, not because of the relationship. It was just more attachment to the the parental label, the label. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. There you go. And, um, Mm -hmm. and where I was at that point was that. Uh, I was not, there weren't any regrets. You know, I know a lot, I have read and heard about stories where people go through, you know, and they never repaired that, that, and went back and reconciled with their, with their parents and blah, blah, you know, it's like, that's just not how I roll. You know, I, I, we were, we were, and uh, I fully accept that. I, I honor where we were in our relationships with ourselves and each other. And uh, so I was cool with it. You know, I was really cool with it. Hmm. Yeah, I, uh, no regrets about him passing and not having any of those, you know, last words or whatever. I mean, of course I thought about it. Of course I thought about and processed through that. And at the end of the day, you know, I mean, we just didn't really have uh, a relationship that uh, either of us was really interested in being in, Mm. you know? So, um, you know, thank you for, for being my father. And I had some other dads that I could lean on. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. Anything else come up mm, for you? No, I just I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the relationship. And if you anybody to ask me that, you know, seven or eight or ten years ago, uh, I don't think that that those words would have ever come out. So I'm just I am grateful for the relationship. It has, uh, 
that relationship has impacted um, every other relationship in my life, every single one. And I would not be the person that I am without it. Mm-hmm. So, and I wouldn't have been put here if I couldn't handle it, you know? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been put in that position or whatever you want to say to, um, if I couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. And I know that. Yeah. And there's definitely things that you intentionally created for the purpose of healing. Absolutely. And I created it all. That's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where I was maybe angry or not compassionate or any, any of those words, it was, uh, it was an opportunity opportunity for me to rescript and uh, and remember you know remember who I am and and uh, and recontextualize it. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's taken some time and it's an ongoing thing. And you know we've talked about this in other episodes. You know you heal something up and you know you might be feeling great for a minute and then you know and you still are, but something else may come up for mm-hmm. for healing as well in the in the same line of things. Mm-hmm. So it's all it's all great. Yeah. It is. And what I think is so amazing is that you started off talking about how your dad healed some of the relationship and, and took like the physical um, abuse into now it's verbal. So he took it, you know, it was it was yelling. And so he healed an aspect of that mm-hmm. of that loop. And here you are in this relationship with our boys. And there's like none of that. And mm. so what I feel that you did is you stopped, like you interrupted the whole pattern Cy- of cycle, that. Yeah. yeah, you stopped the whole cycle. Mm-hmm. And so it could have been very easily for you to go the other way and say, nope, you know, I'm victim to this and this is who I am and I am what I am and I don't have any, I have no control oh, totally. over this or I can't change this or whatever. And you're like, uh-uh, I'm leaning into this. I mean, you're literally... That's that's how I look at this is you're leaning into this conversation and you're like, how can I impact this so that my kids feel the connection? So I feel the connection to my kids mm-hmm. and be that that was not for me. So that's what I appreciate mm, about you. you. I mean, that's extremely courageous and bold and surrendered and strong and brave and all of those things. So you're impacting yourself and you're impacting those two and for sure the other kids around us by your wisdom and by your thoughtfulness and by who you're being Mm. and um you could have chosen so easily to go the other way and yet you didn't and you continue to choose greatness every day so Mm, thank you that's what i think is amazing i mean that's a huge victory a huge win thank you you're welcome you're welcome so action steps I mean, do you have action steps for anything like um, that would cultivate? I mean, really, this is about cultivating empowering relationships. We happen to be talking about your dad right now, but it's cultivating and empowering relationships with your parents or your partnerships or, frankly, your clients. I mean, you know, that's a big part of what we're doing and why we're here. So, Mm -hmm. um, and I think really you said it just before is that you just acknowledge that you created it all. Yeah. So that, I think that's the first step. Yeah, for sure. That's the first, uh, the first step, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, acknowledge that you created it, you know, you may not find joy in everything that you created. And yet that's where you get to <laughs> yeah. recontextualize that too. Yeah. You know, knowing that you are an amazing creator mm-hmm. and whatever it is, is there. So acknowledge it. And then when you do acknowledge it, you know, I, you know, I feel like that's always like 50% of the, of the of the process is uh, just the acknowledgement that for the very 
process of acknowledging whatever it is for you creates the momentum for the next next step. Mm-hmm. You know, it gets you out of denial. Mm-hmm. You know, or it can help get you out of denial. Mm-hmm. At least shine a light on it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and then so when you do shine that light on it, then you know the the other action step is commit to the journey. You know, it is a process of forgiveness and acceptance. So, you know, whatever that looks like for you, and uh, uh, seek out a coach or or get you know, get on some kind of journal journey or you know whatever it, whatever it takes is you know a lot of times we have this stuff so pent up that you know we don't really know what to do with it so or where to start or where to start yeah. so yeah find that outlet find that mm-hmm. outlet you know don't let it be your kids or your spouse or um or yourself you know and your self-care mm-hmm. uh you know work 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 and no play makes for a dull boy <laughs> and an angry boy and a forceful boy mm-hmm. yeah so. I learned this one um, a while ago about just writing a very simple letter. Mm. So it, it was, you know, it's either, and it, you could do this with, as you're working on your inner child and reparenting your inner child or, or a younger version of yourself. You know, you may be a, a teenager or something like that. Or you can use this in writing to somebody who may have passed already that you, wanna, you want to have a conversation with. So it's simply writing a letter. And it can be yelling at somebody, cursing at someone, forgiving someone, writing down all the things that they you loved about them. Like it's your letter. You write whatever you want to write. There's not necessarily like a right or wrong mm-hmm. per se. It's just you expressing yourself fully, authentically, unapologetically, and putting it down on paper. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a beautiful process yeah. for sure. Yeah. So that would be definitely something that that um, you can do. Yeah. Right away. Yeah, and if it's not with a parent or something like that, then write a letter to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, a little a little self love. Yeah, love note can go a long way. And if that that note looks like a list of things that uh, you know that make you amazing and unique, mm-hmm. do that. You know, and if some some kind of craziness comes up in your head around you know your opportunities, make a list of that too. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's your starting point. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Uh, but you know we're all such beautiful people with such beautiful and unique talents and gifts that you know it's uh, we we all have a lot to offer and sometimes we most of the time we sell ourselves short uh, and don't really acknowledge those gifts. Mm-hmm. So yep. uh, yeah, they say that we each have three hundred. Is that right? Gifts and talents. Yeah, hundred. Yep. No, oh, maybe I need to start a new list. <laughs> cool. Or just add on to the I'd one add you on to have. My list. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so yep. um, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I love it. Cool. You feeling complete? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am, I am too. I think that was wonderful, and I appreciate your transparency and your tears and the emotion. And uh, I just, you know, I feel like we completed and went through another level of healing mm. um, associated with that. And you know, I just mm-hmm. I appreciate you you going deep. It's thanks, very uh, sexy. <laughs> thank you. And mm-hmm. thanks for holding space. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Cool. Very good. I love you. I love you too. And I love our jam fam. <laughs> if you all have any uh, questions or comments or uh, or even have uh, an experience that you'd like to share or talk about and and maybe I'm I'm the set of ears for you, uh, reach out because mm-hmm. I'm very willing to have uh, these conversations and I, you know, sometimes it's easier to have a conversation outside of, you know, your current circle. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and I'm, I'm happy to listen. Yeah. So great. Cool. Until, uh, until next time. Yes. 
Love goes out. See you on the flip side. Wow, what a show. Thank you so much for listening. If you're inspired, we ask that you share the podcast with one person and subscribe and follow our show. I'm Nancy Jameson. And I'm Bill Jameson. And remember, it's a great life. Woo! (laughs) Quick note about the Sex, Money, and Real Estate podcast. We are not doctors or licensed therapists. We are a joyous, abundant, and mature couple passionately sharing our story of growth around sex, money, and real estate. Our thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are our own, so please consult your doctor, healthcare provider, or your broker regarding any questions or issues you have related to your physical or mental health or specific state laws regarding your real estate business.